You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Celtics Stuff Live with your hosts, Justin Poulin and John Duke. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics who are sliding. Oh, come on. Dude, dude, Jesus. They've lost four of the last uh, yeah. six games. Yeah, but the two five in the middle were blowouts. Stop five and five. Stop! Oh my god! Five and five. five, and five. five and I am five and five in their last ten. They've lost to the Raptors. They've lost to the Seventy Sixers, and then unfortunately Tatum couldn't play in the game, which they just lost to Detroit and Derrick Rose from two thousand and twelve. And then, uh, and then basically they have a game against Milwaukee, second night of a back-to-back. That's tomorrow night. And actually, here's the bright side of all this, John. So just so you know, I'm going to put Thank it in fair context. Thank you. Just about everybody else in the entire NBA, except for the Lakers and Utah, which have has just completely climbed the Western Conference with, I think, at least 10 straight. might be more than that, but... Um, but outside of the Lakers and Milwaukee and Utah, every other team is doing this right now. Six right. and four, five and five in their last ten, struggling with injuries. Marcus gets ejected tonight. Probably, mm-hmm. I don't think he should. So, well, I had a little criticism for him for not getting ejected or getting in trouble for stepping on. Uh, can't remember who it was last week or the week week and a half ago. Very young. Yeah. Trey Young, right? And then, uh, but tonight I'm going to go the other way and say he didn't do anything wrong. He's just pleading his case. Uh, way quick ejection there. Game was over, you know. And Still doesn't matter. Inconsequential in both scenarios. It's, but after the Kemba yeah. Walker ejection, I'm just still a little sore about that. They could have let that go. And he was right, too, in my opinion. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it would be, yeah. So, don't challenge the refs. Don't do it. Yeah, there's, I yeah. guess, there's the new rule, you know, especially when you're dealing with such incompetency, right? Like, don't challenge it. <laughs> if they're that bad, you're not allowed to challenge it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's just, 
and, and I don't think it was like a, a terrible call, like the worst call I've ever seen. No, but it, you know, it, it I've seen a lot worse. The game, like officiating, was not the issue in this game, 100%. I know sometimes we talk about that, you know, and I'll say, yeah, you know, pretty upset about the officiating, and we can always say the officiating didn't impact the outcome of the game. The team could have played better. I don't know. That Kemba Walker ejection, in my opinion, had an absolute influence on that game. Oh, I'm yeah. not going to what anybody says about that. Yeah, if they played better, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Lots of teams go through that. When you climb back in and there's a BS ejection at a pivotal moment and it gives a bunch of free throws, that impacted the outcome of that game. Don't tell me it didn't. I'm not going to hear it. But in the, And I realize that the technical in Marcus's ejection or the second technical in Marcus's ejection absolutely – did not, but officiating did not have any impact on the Detroit game. Detroit was shooting hot, and the Celtics, they're just kind of lazy right now, and the communication is poor. Well, it's I i think there's a couple things going on. I mean, certainly the 5-7 and seven was a big issue for that, that earlier stretch. The big, the beginning of that, you know, 5-5 five and five of the last 10. I mean, I think that that's very clear. Uh, they had time off bef- between... Uh, the game on Friday and tonight. So, you know, or, or was it Saturday? Saturday. Uh, but no, Monday night. Play Monday night. Um, but regardless, like, as you said, everyone's kind of going through these doldrums. And yeah, Milwaukee is 9 and 1 their last 10, but they also still have the 30th ranked strength of schedule in the whole league. You know, and, and I'm not saying that they're not good, they're really good. But look, I mean, if I beat up, if I play the Sisters of the Poor every night, I'm gonna probably do pretty well if I'm Giannis and, and company. So I feel like we, the Celtics, have had a rough schedule. It's been tough. They have not risen to the challenge, and I also think that they've not done well in reintegrating Gordon Hayward and reintegrating Marcus Smart into what they were doing. And of course, tonight, now once again, we have one key cog that's out of the mix and. It's it's that's the frustrating piece for me for the Celtics. It's not even so much of wins and losses and all the revolving this. door yet again. That yeah, this to me this Celtics team will be judged by how be, how far their best players can take them. And if you can never have all five of them on the court at the same time, what are we doing out here? You know, I I don't really understand the team construct if we cannot play them together. And yeah, injuries that that's. That's you know, there's nothing you can do about that, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see the Celtics give their best punch, and maybe they'll have that tomorrow night in Milwaukee, but I don't see cohesion with those best five, and I don't see them getting the minutes of that best five. And until but they, they get that, I'm earlier. annoyed by it. It's not it's a lot, annoying. though. Yeah, I don't know. I thought they I thought they had enough there right when, when – uh, I realize they haven't played a lot of minutes together, and I know we talked about that with Grandy, but you had that revolving door a little bit earlier in the season. Guys were going down, they were coming back, and everybody was kind of like surviving that. You know, even like we talked about with Grandy, that Clippers game should not have been a loss. That was a stolen game. But regardless, you know what I mean? I think Tatum was out for that one, right? And they almost took that one. And so, was that, did Tatum miss that one? No. Who was out? Who was out for that one? Which one are we talking about? The Clippers loss earlier and much earlier in the year. Somebody was out for that game. Uh, probably Gordon. Gordon would have been. It was Gordon that was out because yeah. it was like two nights later that Kemba got the the head-on collision or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, it was Gordon. 
Gordon yeah. is that he had the injury earlier in the you know in the month there. Um, okay, that's what it in, was. In San Antonio. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. This, this I mean okay, but like why aren't why isn't the five best players among one of their top five units? Like why why have they not been able to put this together? This is what I don't understand. I really don't get why you wouldn't have <laughs> that best five on the court. I think it's insane. I know they've played well. I know they've had good numbers, you know, with a, a Tice out there, a Cantor out there. But, like, I, I don't understand why we're not trying that and going to it and going to it and going to it. Because otherwise, the Celtics, they're going to make some decisions about Gordon Hayward. They're going to make some decisions about, you know, how this team, you know, do we make a deal at the deadline? Do we make a deal this summer? And if they don't know if those five players fit together – what the hell are we doing out here? You know, that's, yeah. that's my well, But they can't keep him healthy because, once again, Tatum doesn't play tonight. You know what I mean? And I, I get it. I know what you're saying. They've had a stretch recently where they haven't done it. And that's that's the issue. Ironically, though, you know, the center that's not a starting center, you remember the stats two shows ago. They threw up a stat during this game. And basically showed how the Celtics climbed to the first rebounding percentage team in the league for January. No coincidence that Canner's playing time increased every month along the way, just like you pointed out in the stats. And so then I'm also saying, if you're not going to play the best five, and I know Canner got the start when Tice was, was down the other night, but why isn't he starting anyway? Like, why not? You know, I, I don't think his defense is that poor. The rebounding is way up. And if they get a cold start from the floor, at least you get a shot at some easy second-chance points sometimes if he gets the board and it kind of keeps them afloat for a little bit while they find their groove. I don't know. I, I know, because you just hate Canner. And no, I don't hate him. I'm not like a lot of the Celtics, <laughs> you, know, you know, internet folks, but – Look, he he just has his limitations defensively, and it, it I'm not just, saying finish with Canner. I'm saying no, I know, but because you're not going to finish with Tice, so what's the you know what I mean? Like I don't, but I don't think the issues. I mean, I know it's just the starts have been you know were rough without Kemba. Starts but. were starts have been rough all season. They've definitely like it wasn't really bad against the against Detroit, right? It's kind of even till halftime, and then they pulled away towards the end of the third, and definitely the beginning of the fourth. But for the most part, the mo with this team has been slower starts and letting up some leads and digging their way out, um, especially at the very beginning of the season. But they did such an awesome job of digging their way out, especially like the performances in the third quarter was when like they come out of halftime and just assert their control over the game. And uh, we're not seeing that. We're we're not seeing that now. I mean, so right now, I well, yeah, I I, I guess I don't think that they are. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I I'm more concerned with their consistent defensive effort, honestly, at this point than I am. I agree. Getting, getting more out of Cantor, you know, like I to me, like that's the team that played Milwaukee early on was flying around defensively. And part of that's impossible with the way that the injuries have happened and more of those guys have, have had to bear more. So I'm somewhat answering my own complaint earlier. But at the same point in time, it, you need to put that back together 
and you know with these five and sevens, five games in seven days, and all this, it's hard for them to get that. I think the, their feet back under them. But if they don't have that flying around ability, then they're not a special team in my mind. You know, the team that flew around against the Clippers and flew around against uh, the Bucks, like that's the team that can contend. The team that we've seen the last, you know, two weeks that's worn down and not unlike a lot of other NBA teams, eh, you know, they're they're in the playoffs and they'll make some noise, but they're not going to be all that special. So they had that stretch of five, five nights off. And I was like, I thought the point of this was to spread it out. And, And then I think we alluded to, you know, there's going to be a stretch coming up where they're going to have a bunch of games packed in together and we're going to be annoyed by the fact that earlier this year at the early part out at the you know on the on the early you know quarter of the season they have a, a stretch where they have five nights off in a row you know it just it doesn't make any sense it's got a great idea start the season earlier stretch it out a little bit but they definitely have to figure out how to make that more smooth. You know what I mean? You can't do it in chunks. It doesn't benefit anybody to get five nights off and then play five and seven nights. It just doesn't. Follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live as well as your host. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. And yours truly, Celtic Stuff Live. (laughs) What else is going on in your mind, John? You know, we just had this show with Grandy, and we that's the way it goes with Grandy. Show's going to last an hour. (laughs) We're going to go into the weeds and off topic and back into the weeds. Right. And it was really great having him on the show. But it's also only a few nights ago. We've had a couple of games since then, you know, and, right. and you know, I already bragged about the skid that I, you know, predicted, as you know, as you know. Give me a... <laughs> as, yeah. yeah. Post after Christmas, after Christmas slide. Dude, you it can't always, even give it me always it. happens. It after does Christmas. always happen. And I mean, it is after Christmas, but. Uh, you just won't give it to me. Like, well, I didn't get a chance to give you an extremely hard time because I really wanted to focus on Grandy, and I didn't want to bring the negativity into the 600th episode, you know, give or take 100 episodes. But I did not want to bring the negativity onto that. But now I'm demanding that you acknowledge my prediction. I'm acknowledging that technically – after oh, Christmas, God. No, look, no. they lost three games. You're right. They've <laughs> lost four of their last six. Five of their last six. Five of the last ten. Four of their last six. Right. Eh, whatever. In the new year. Uh, yeah. yeah well, no, you said after Christmas, but that's fine. It is technically after Christmas, so that's, that's all right. You know. Oh, hold on. Like, when, when did – hold on. I'm going to pull this up. Okay. The loss to the Raptors, which I know they got three wins after that, but the loss to the Raptors was on the 28th. That's 750. That's a 75% winning percentage. Yep. Okay. That's part of the last 10. Five and five in their last 10. 
began on December 28th with a loss against the Raptors. Now, they, you could cherry pick, I guess. No, yeah, I'm just sure. going to the last okay. 10. I'm just going to the last 10. Three days. Three days. Three days after just Christmas. <laughs> uh, we are. We're going to go game by game here. Three days after Christmas. That's not like weeks after we're not, Christmas. We're not counting Christmas, though. We're not. So if you want to say after Christmas, you got to count the Cleveland game. No, I'm just going to go with the last 10 soon after oh. Christmas. It's not like the day after Christmas. Like, come on, dude. It was dude. two days after Christmas. You're counting what? their first loss to be Santa, part of this. Santa That's comes great. scheduled on Christmas morning. The Celtics have a post-Christmas letdown, but it doesn't always happen the first game after Christmas. You don't make – you can't predict the first game after Christmas. So, listen, just sit tight with your – they oh, went four okay. to five after Christmas. Just saying, they went four to five out of, after Christmas. They that, lost three in a row. That's such spin. They went. Listen, this is the reality. They blew them out this, after Christmas. Other they, than that, after other no, than that, the Cavaliers game, game, the Cavaliers game doesn't count. Okay, we're going in the last ten. But that's not it's after still, Christmas. It is after Christmas. And, and, and enough with the semantics, and this is bullshit. Raptors, Raptors. Don't let the details get in the way of a good argument. Last, I get it. The last ten games where they went five and five yeah. began with the Raptors. I'm not sure why you have to throw in the Cleveland game and go, oh, yeah, they won four out of five right said after, after Christmas. Christmas. I said after, after Christmas. Christmas. Actually, if we went back and played it, it would be after Christmas and heading to the new year. Right around Christmas and New Year's is actually what I said. So, so, so the truth is, whenever it fits your point, that's when we start counting it. I got gotcha. you. No, we're going to count the last ten games, which began because right after that's Christmas. that's the first loss, not the win the day before. Just because I said that there's a skid and there is absolutely freaking Ben because a it's skid. Because argument. I get it. That's fine. Okay, so fine. okay, make the argument that they haven't been skidding. Go. They won four out of five after Christmas. No, no, no. But are they not on the slide? They won What's, four to five after how Christmas. How are they looking? Just start there. Okay, fine. Then, There's six and five then, after Christmas. They had, six and five after Christmas. They played that five games. Hold on, they hold on. Five games Leading seven up nights. to that time, they only had eight losses on the season. They've gone six and five since Christmas. Like, Is that not a skid? I'll give you the Cleveland game for Christmas. I'm saying, I'm saying that the Cleveland game is part of post Christmas, which is what you said was what your prediction was. Fine, fine. And I'm saying, okay, exactly after Christmas they won four then. out of five. Okay, fine. Then it really as, begins, but it's still six and five since Christmas. Literally was, to the day since Christmas, six and five. If you want to say four out of five, they won four out of five, and then you want to say that counting tonight's game, they're three and three after that four and five. Okay, that's fine. Three and three. They were hold on. Now who's crafting the argument that only supports (laughs) them? You're you're they're on a. I can't believe you won't just tell me I was right. They're okay. So they're a freaking basketball Nostradamus. Cut it out. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! I'm gonna double down on you because you're being a jerk about it. <laughs> I, I mean, Raptors. oh my gosh! Raptors, <laughs> Raptors, one thirteen to ninety-seven. Yeah, and, and then also right? and Raptors, then they down, hold on, one eighteen to one hundred two. Let me finish. What happened on Christmas? 
Whatever. Raptors, Whatever. Raptors get the payback. <laughs> we're not talking about at Christmas. I don't even know how that even factors in because we're only talking after Christmas. Well, you're talking about whether or not they're skidding or not. What I'm Raptors. saying is Raptors. is that, okay, they're don't you skidding. think those, those Raptor games cancel each other out? Or because a loss, it counts no, because it no, this, proves your point, no, but the, is, the win doesn't prove your point. No, this is what I'm saying. Okay. The three wins in a row were against the Hornets, Hornets, the Hawks, and the Bulls, which is yeah. unimpressive competition. The other blowout win was the Pelicans. The other win was the Bulls. Okay. You know I mean? These are definitely expected wins, but then you have a loss to the Wizards. Yuck. Okay, Spurs, 76ers, I get it. But now it's a loss against the Pistons. All I'm really trying to go with is I knew there would be a skid, but the Pistons' loss is the one that's the most concerning. No, it's they, not. They, not yes, even close. It is. Not even close. Why, are, why is that not concerning? To, well, no, because the Wizards. No, the Wizard loss is actually the most concerning. I don't. I don't think so. I. I think. I think if you're really looking at the longer road here, the most uh, concerning the is the loss. Win is the most concerning. No, no, no. no. The <laughs> most concerning is the loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't think and so. It's, but but it's but it's it's the 76ers lost was disconcerting, but it's not the most concerning. At least that team is competitive. That's not, but that. The question isn't whether the Celtics are competitive. We know they're competitive. The question is how high is their ceiling? What can they accomplish? And in a night against Joel Embiid, they weren't able to do anything that they should have been able to do, even without you know their full kind of everyone meshing fine together. They still had a lot of the same issues. Jalen couldn't do anything. Uh, Taylor was Jay, uh, uh, Tatum was pushing, you know, really struggling. Um, you know, Kemba gets struggling. But like, it's that's the concern in terms of the top level of the, what this team is. You're going to have losses. I mean, my God, last year, how many losses were against middling teams? You know, games you should have won that you didn't. I think the to me the more concerning is what's the end the end game here. Like you said, everyone's four and six, six and four, five and five right now. Everybody seems to be kind of like this. They're kind of stuck in mud right now. You know, it, Miami, Philly, Toronto. Everybody is just kind of in this middle ground, and Milwaukee isn't because they're nine and one, but they're again thirtieth ranked strength of schedule. So this is going to turn against Philly in the second half because obviously they're going to have to start playing some teams. Philly but, or Milwaukee? I'm sorry, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. So uh, that's what – I'm not as concerned in terms of – I don't know that it's the best representation because, once again, the Celtics are playing on the back end of a back – second half of a back-to-back, and they're going on the road, and they're losing. And we're going to see it again tomorrow – I don't know if they're going to lose, but I don't like their chances going into to Milwaukee no. trying to do this. It's just the schedule's against them. It's you know you got to play the schedule is what it is. But honestly, it's a little tough to say. Well, you know Toronto second half of a back to back. Although it was home, it still was the second half of a back to back. Philly same idea. Now Milwaukee. It's like you can't you can't win. Now the good thing is this is the last back to back you're going to see until like. Think the end just about the end of February, so we won't have another All Star break. Yeah, so hopefully we can kind of just find our level here a little bit and get some consistency. But to me, you were asking earlier, like, what are we talking about? Like, what's the next phase? To me, the question is, is what is the top end of this team? 
And if if it's not, if we can't reach that level with the best five players on the floor, we got to figure out what that means. Does that mean that some of those pieces should go out? Should Gordon Hayward get traded away and be sent away for, you know, J.J. Redick and... and uh, blah, blah. All right, we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, it's conference championship time, and you can follow all the lines at Bet Online. The early game on Sunday features Cinderella, Tennessee, on the road at KC, a touchdown favorite with the total in the low 50s. On Sunday evening, Green Bay heads to San Fran as a touchdown dog with the total in the mid-40s. Who will reign supreme and host the conference championship hardware? Before the next kickoff, head on over to betonline.ag and use your promo code CLNS50 to revive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sportsbook partner, betonline.ag and ExpressVPN. I live in Pennsylvania, but I like watching the Boston Celtics, which used to be a big pain for me because they don't always show their games in my area. But this season, I discovered an amazing trick that lets me watch every single NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called ExpressVPN, and here's how it works. The NBA offers the NBA League Pass, which lets you stream games online. But if you live in the U.S. or Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? Fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Buy and use the NBA League Pass from there, and boom, no blackouts. And depending on the country, NBA League Pass could cost less than 15 smackaroos for a whole year. Wow. Uh Uh-huh, 15 smackaroos. (laughs) ExpressVPN works on your computer, phone, router, and consoles like Fire TV, so you can watch all the games from any device. And even when I'm not watching the NBA, I have ExpressVPN on 24-7 because it also encrypts all my data, keeping it safe from hackers. The data? Data. Enjoy all 1,000. I'm just making sure everybody's still paying attention. Data. Enjoy all 1,230 games of the NBA season in HD with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. And use our special link today to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash CSL, after which you can sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. That's expressvpn.com slash CSL for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash CSL to learn more. All right. I, I, the reason we had to go to the ad before we entertain this mm. is because I'm, like, simply not ready to do any trading this season. I mean, I, I, I'm just not into it right now um i really want to see some cohesion with this team through the ups and downs see how they respond to it before i start mixing it up because they don't really have to do anything nobody thought they were going to do crap this year let alone compete for a championship i mean yes if super special deal presents itself which it's not going to, but if a super special deal presents itself, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, we should have kept Gordon for another year or whatever. But if they pre- if they trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, I'm going to lose it. So I'm just not even ready. You're going to make me have this conversation. Just well, like I, I don't I'm think make we're, you we're not talking about Jalen. Jalen and Jason are not going anywhere. 
that's that. First of all, between Jalen's contract, they can't really trade him. So that's that's no, Jalen. You're right. Jalen can't Jalen's really out. go anywhere this season. Tatum, and they're not going to tra- trade no. Jason. That's he's, true. he's probably okay. the most untouchable player on the on the roster right now. So Tatum and Tatum and Brown are off the table. So right? it's Hayward. Maybe and they're not going to trade Kemba. Everybody loves Kemba. Yeah, it's man. Hayward and Smart. And Hayward has a big contract. He has a player option. And the Celtics do not want to see another max player walk out the door. Okay? So you've got a 29, 30-year-old. Let me just double-check on what the number is there because I'm not totally sure. 27. I don't think, I think he? he turns 29 after his contract is up. So Might be, might oh, be 28 by now. No, he turns 30 on March 23rd. This so, year? Yeah. So, um, really? Yeah. So uh, he's younger than that, he was when he signed the contract. You know, so he's life. gonna, so he's gonna be 31 going on 32 when his contract is up. Oh, well, if he, if he, if he takes the player extension, sorry, if he takes the player option, if he takes the player option, he'll be 31 going on 32, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I mean, you do you want to invest? So the question the Celtics have to ask themselves: one. Do they want to invest something near max money in a wing who has been injury prone but has many abilities in passing and, and facilitating this team but may also in some ways stand in the way of Tatum and Brown really becoming the most that they can be um, when you have a team that's on the fringe or at least possibly a contender and has an obvious need in the middle? I mean, that's – you know how much I want to but see Gordon But who are you going here, to get? Who are you going to get that's worth a max deal? I, well, I don't – but is he worth a max deal? I mean, that's – the question isn't necessarily – Well, is he in a max deal right now? A, right. You're so you could let him take his play – but you could let yeah, – for. but how are you going to – are you trying to get an expiring contract to just dump salary? Because that doesn't make any sense to me either. Well, I think that you're you're looking at you're not necessarily dumping salary, but you've you your your question is are you signing on to something for four years or three years at near max money when you're already maxing out Tatum Brown and Kemba? No, no, no. Re-signing him yeah. is a is a different conversation than whether or not you trade him now. Well, then you're but are you you're willing to risk that he a, a max a max you ha- you have to take salary back, so that's what I'm getting at. Are you trying to get expiring contracts so that you can dump some salary and you're getting a slightly talented player in the middle? Or are you trying to get a max middle guy because that guy's not available? Well, I I think that you're what the question really is: Can you get what? Can you get? Can you fill multiple needs on this team at the same time? As as making this move, I mean, you so can, you're, you you are take, you're kind of saying it is a salary dump in a way. You're gonna break well, him up. You're gonna well, break yeah, him up I, into multiple. I don't look at it as a salary dump, right? I'm not saying yeah, but I'm not saying you're you're giving him away for a guy who you're going to let go and let his contract expire. What I'm saying is you're trading a surplus of talent into an area where you have an obvious need. So. 
I mean, when has that part? ever really? Li- I mean, I, all right. So, but it's got to be a young. It's got to be a young talent then. It's got to be somebody who's really got some upside. Otherwise, awesome. never in the never in the NBA has trading that it's it's a, like a golden rule of thumb. The team that receives the best player in the trade wins, right? And and so unless you're getting well, a player who can be a better player in the future. I, I think the Nets the Nets trade proved that that's not necessarily the case anymore. But yeah, I, what I, trade? I understand what you're the Nets trade. What trade? I mean, the the Nets Paul trade. Pierce and Kevin Garnett yeah. trade. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I I don't think that that's true anymore. I I think that the way the NBA teams trade, I don't I don't think I think they're too smart now. In fact, more I guess, often than not, I, I guess think if you that gives up the the if bat, you the remove player, loses if you the, remove loses picks, you're right. You're right. If you get a stock, yeah, but hold on. You're right. If you get a stockpile of picks, that's different, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? If you're not breaking, if you're breaking Gordon up into several players, and you're not getting assets like picks for that, then you lose the trade. Is my point. If you're, if you're, yes, absolutely. If you're getting a young player, that's the upside piece. If you're not going and get somebody who's young and there's upside, or you're not adding to your stockpile of picks. And taking on salary in, in multiple players, and maybe that team is trying to do a salary dump. But I also don't see a lot of teams that are motivated for salary dumping, right? Well, because, I, I, because yeah, but I don't I don't view it like a salary right. dump. I, I don't I don't think that that's what we're talking about. I think what we're talking about is need for need at this point, because because right now with the way that the league structure stru- with all the contracts are structured in the league, it's very difficult to make any deals. There's going to be very few players who will be available this summer on the trade market and, or on the on the free agency market, and so you have to take opportunities to get to get bird rights. Where we can get bird rights, there's a value there. I think so. You take situations like, for example, I mean, you know, Danger Car laid out a number of them. Whether it's Miles Turner, whether it's the Pelicans for Favors and Reddick, whether it's the Bulls for Porter and Carter or Porter and Markinen, uh, Covington and Gorgie Dang, Stephen Adams and Schroeder. I mean, there those are all possibilities. Personally, I think the Pelicans one is the one that I think is the best situation uh, because it does allow them to fix their big issue but add some shooting at the same time and add somebody with some still some upside. Favors is only 28. He's he's a he's been one of the best at the rim defenders in the league of the last few Danger years. Cart loves loves Derek Favors. He's been talking about Derek Favors for like four years, I swear to God. That's like he, he loves him. Well on on a team right now, how many people can realistically make plays with the ball? I mean they, they have a lot of talent, but there's only so much you can do when you've got all these guys. Like everyone's gotta have an ability to touch the ball to make an impact. And Favors is a guy you don't have to run plays for. And I think the more guys... I like the addition of Reddick. I'll tell you that. I do like the addition of Reddick. A veteran who can shoot, who's proven that he'll accept a role off the bench, and could definitely come in and and you can see him firing a game-winning shot, even if it's in a limited role in the postseason. And he'll... Shooting very rarely goes away as you get older. You know, you can... You can run him off screens for Look many, at Corver. many years. Absolutely. Look at Corver. He's still he doesn't there. have the size Corver does, but yeah, he's 
Corver's out there. He's older than Reddick, you know, and uh, Reddick wants to be in a winning situation, and we know he can hit shots. There are downsides to having Reddick on the floor, and we know the Celtics were able to take advantage of those against the Sixers a couple years ago. But if you need scoring, J.J. Reddick can get buckets for you. You know, I don't want to trade Hayward. I really don't. I want to see the best five work. But if the best five doesn't work together, then they haven't had any time to figure out if they work together. Not just they got three weeks. Yeah, exactly. Not just because Brad won't play him, but also because they're just like legitimately. And and you know, again, the bench players, you know, you get a little up and down, but that's the other reason they try to spread that out a little bit, so they don't get a lot of minutes and. It's it's really they're not going to get a lot of minutes together. It's really the end of the game where we might see that. And even then, you know, there's a case to be made for Marcus being out there. You know what I mean? And you got that little bit of revolving door as those waning minutes happen. So maybe it's, we need to see it to start the games. Maybe that's played. Just go small and try to bring that energy and just play really up tempo when they got fresh legs. I mean, when that when the Warriors beginning. when the Warriors were going with that you know, lineup of death or the Hamptons lineup or whatever, you know, they'd run them in the second quarters. They'd run them at the end of games. And that was really about it. But when they did it, they were, you know, it was, it was targeted, but they did it. They did it in the regular seasons. They got, they built that cohesion with that group. There's no, it doesn't feel like there's any cohesion with those guys. They've played 12.6 minutes together. That five, some 12 minutes, not even, they barely played more than a quarter <laughs> of an NBA game together this season. And to me, like, and admittedly, the numbers aren't like, oh my gosh, they're so great on and off, and like, they, they've got to do this more. I, it, it's not there. But to me, this is the time to see if it ever will work. they got three weeks between now and the deadline, and they've got to make some decision, in my, to me, as to whether or not those five can fit together. I don't want to give away. I mean, I, I think kind of what you were saying is like, I don't want to give away anything. I don't want to make a deal to make a deal. But I think that the Celtics can set themselves up with so many teams looking at 2021 and trying to not spend money to take them out of the Giannis sweepstakes. The Celtics are going to, they're going to, they've maxed out Kemba. They've maxed out or they almost maxed out. No, you're right. They're not Jaylen. in that game. They're not they're in that be game Tatum. so they can look to help facilitate somebody else. Yes. And maybe they get more buyer. value in return. Yep. I they get could that. be a buyer. And so, you know, you look at the Philly, you look at, at Milwaukee, who's going to defend bigs, you know, and I love Tice. I'd love to have Tice as my second guy going in. I don't trust Cantor in either situation. I he like can bank Cantor. with Embiid. Uh, we know. I know. I know. <laughs> but he's, I don't know why you don't like him. Uh, I'm just. I'm dude, done with it. the rebounding has been such an issue. If they get somebody, let me say this: uh-huh. if they get somebody who can help with the rebounding, so you don't see those deficits like you have in the past, then I'm okay with it. I am totally okay with him being third string behind Tice. But if they make a trade for a defender who still can't rebound and you still have that issue, then I'm I'm wanting Cantor number two off the bench. Especially with Listen. you know some of those off the bench rotations. Second chance opportunities is a big deal. It's a big deal. I don't think I don't think it's nearly as big as it feels. I think I think that we're gonna there's gonna be studies that are gonna come out. Then we're going to say that second chance points 
offensive rebounds are not as critical as we think they are. I mean, there's a I reason agree. why Doc gave up, gave up on the offensive glass I agree. a long time yes. ago. I Yeah, well, defense. But I would agree with that if if the team is shooting a high percentage. But they got to shoot a high percentage. they got to shoot a percentage like Golden State used to shoot. Celtics, what is the Celtics shooting percentage right now as a team? And where do they fit amongst the league? So right now they're – they're they're middle of the pack. They're 45.7% from the field. That's not an effective number. That's just they're they're straight up. All right, well, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, their effective field goal is 52.4, which is 16 in the league as well. So middle of the pack. Middle of the pack shooting team. With a, even with a, even a, though with a top three record. With a top three record. If that shooting percentage climbed. It would obviously make it less important. I don't think there's going to be a study that comes out and says, you know, this is this. Don't eat after 6 p.m. and then you will be skinny and lose all the weight you want. There's, you know, there's just not one plan and one thing that you do. The stats, but the stats could show a correlation where teams that have a high shooting percentage, obviously. It doesn't. Have, it can be tied to total rebounding. It doesn't have to be tied to offensive rebounding, right? Because that stat's kind of a no-brainer. You know, teams that are great offensive rebounding teams that have low shooting percentages, that should show a strong correlation to increase success, right? But if you're making your shots and there's not a lot of rebounding opportunities, and even on the defensive end, you know, if you're shooting the lights out on the offensive end, it should still be pretty good. And even if you're a poor rebounding team, as long as you get the long caroms, as long as the other team still has off shooting nights, you know, and if you're a top 10 shooting team, you know what I mean? You can count on some of those rebounds and, and the more misses, the more likely you are to get a rebound. And so as you play teams with lower shooting percentages, it, it again, it will correlate to rebounding being less important. But I just don't think you can lead the bottom half of the league, you know, and shooting percentage and not value, you know, rebounding in general, you know, you got to make sure that the other team doesn't get second chance opportunities and you got to make sure that you get them if you can, unless you're an elite shooting team. I don't think, I, well, and to go back to Canada though, what are you gaining versus what you're giving up? I mean that's the, that's the issue, and that's I don't know. That's dude. always he's been got, his issue. He's gotten a bunch of double doubles. He's yeah. had a tremendous impact in the recent but weeks. The double right? doubles are that's counting stat stuff. Like that's that's buckets and rebounds. Like we know he does that, but how does he impact others on the floor? Like what's his, what's his on off numbers? What you know his plus minus. But she already like, pulled all that up. It looked good. Well, that was two weeks ago. Like now, you know where we. You know, where where are we on that? You know, his, I mean, his net rating looks good. I mean, all those things look good. But that's also a function of who he's sharing the floor with. I mean, we've, there, he's he's on a team. But, you, with the, but this with whole the thing has been about fit. This whole thing has been about fit sure. and finding the right pieces. And and then you're saying, well, but it's a mirage, folks. Canner's not really that good. He just looks that good statistically because of everybody else that's on the floor with him. Well, I don't think a change. I don't think the leopard changes their spots when you know they've all of a sudden because Brad Stevens on the floor. Brad Stevens is hiding what he does worst. That's what he. That's what Brad does well, 
and that's what he's done with Cantor. He's hidden, but, but, I but didn't he's say, done well. I didn't say in this argument that Cantor should start. I said if you go out and get a piece, I, I would want Cantor. No, 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 I know. But off the bench, being able to get a double-double off the bench in limited minutes is substantially impactful, especially with the second units that is still struggling to score points, which is why it's spreading out your top five. And so if you go out and you trade in you know, a Hayward and you address a piece, whoever's going to man the middle, if they're a defensive kind of player but they're not really a scorer or a rebounder, I still would take Cantor off the bench as the number two ahead of Tice in that scenario. That's all I'm saying. I see. I see what you're saying. Well, I I, I don't think I would just because I don't think Cantor is I, – I don't think Cantor is what Brad would ideally want out there. He doesn't pass well. He has limited range. Um, you know, he's he has been more effective than any other player of that player type has been in the Brad Stevens era. I'll say that. He did things that David Lee couldn't do. He did things that Jared Sullinger couldn't do. He did things that uh, Greg Monroe wasn't able to accomplish. So, I mean, credit to him for being able to change change a little bit in that way. I'm just not convinced that he's going to be able to sustain that. And I think teams like, for example, Milwaukee are going to be a problem for him. Because I think they're going to spread him out and they're going to put him on skates. I mean, I, Devontae Graham made him look silly earlier in the year. Teams with point guards who know how to run the pick and roll, if he's not being the attentive, aggressive player he showed for much of the month of December, he, the Celtics are going to get destroyed. Absolutely, positively yeah. destroyed. Well, that's why. And well, that's, they're, and not that's gonna, they're not going to get they're, they're not going to get destroyed because he's coming off the bench in limited minutes, and and that's that's the real key. Yeah, of course, every night there could be a matchup, no doubt. All right, this broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Jelso, and for my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. John, don't be mad at me. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> we're not mad at you. You're Dude, just wrong. We're in a skid. <laughs> I know. We're definitely not going to agree. We're we're in a post Christmas skid. Oh my god. Oh my god. So I'm officially declaring that every year the Celtic stuff live goes into a post Christmas skid, <laughs> but not right on December 26th. Right on a different time. Whatever show be determined. The first show we record after Christmas, except possibly the one after that. Right. But if there's one before, and then we'll see. Do you realize that we've subjected our listeners to ten minutes of that? They deserve it. They, they deserve, deserve it. it. Yeah. You're welcome. I was gonna say, there you go, you're welcome. That is the outtake. You should just cut that out, put it at the end. And then say you're welcome. <laughs> Dislike for the audience. <laughs> Dude, I, 
this is where I'm at right now. I feel like I have to take one more loss and then I'll get, you know, we'll all things will start to get better again. But I feel like we got to get I just hate being in the middle of the bitch slaps. You know what I mean? Like, I just want them to be over. I'm not saying they got to win every game. You know, but losing three in a row and then, you know, a couple of should wins and then another ugly loss like the Atlanta thing and like this one. And ah, it's just, dude, it's just not it's not that it's not fun. You know what I mean? Because I like watching the game. It's definitely not fun without Tatum. How about we say that? Like, it's not fun without Tatum. I'll be honest with you. He is. Not only do they miss him, I miss him. Like, from an entertainment perspective, (laughs) when I'm watching the game, they're actually just less fun to watch. I'm not not trying to be a jerk. You know, I'm not trying to say I don't love the other players because I love Kemba and, and whatnot. They're just not as fun. Watching Tatum play the game, even when he misses, like, everybody gives him all that hard time with for missing the... You know, missing the the shots at the rim and the layups and stuff. But some of those, like he's expending a lot of energy just to get to the rim, mm. to get that shot attempt off. And that's why I've said since the beginning of the season, like don't ride him for that. <laughs> at some point, those are going to start falling because he's going to figure out all the little minor tweaks. Maybe yeah. he just sets it up a little bit different, throws in one little move, and then he creates the space, and then the shot's going to go down. That is so entertaining to me. Even when he misses, watching him figure a way to get to the rim in certain scenarios, it's fun. He is fun to watch. He's like watching Baby Yoda. He is kind of like watching. I did Baby Yoda. Just so you know, as a follow-up from like three episodes ago or right before Christmas, give or take before or after Christmas, we talked about The Mandalorian, and uh, I did – uh, when you told me about the Verizon thing that I wasn't paying attention to, um, I definitely picked yeah. up, and I, so I watched the whole series. Nice, so, nice. Baby Yoda is really fun to watch. Baby, and so like it's like you're like, what is he capable of? What can he not do? He can't do it all the time, but when he does, it's special. So just so you know, I bet they don't release season two of The Mandalorian until the 12 month trial is up. <laughs> And they release yeah. it, or maybe even they release one episode or two episodes right in that right. range. Just enough to get you just to make sure, right? Because literally for me, that's the only thing worth watching on the Disney Channel, on the Disney app, or whatever. I've not watched anything else on it. Only the Mandalorian. I literally did that just to watch the Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, they, 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 I thought it was stupid. They didn't. They released it, and then they didn't have any other new shows like with it. Like you should have. Like they should have like lined it up. You know. Like it's kind of stupid, but they'll have some some Marvel shows, which will be good. I think. Uh, I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not into that stuff that much. But oh, okay. but I can see how it would be helpful for them. They yeah. need. They need some adult content, like legit adult content, and not like adult like content. Skinamax or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, you just have to keep surfing around, and uh, you know yeah. maybe you can see it through the scramble. But well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is not adult content like adult. I'm saying less kid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I guess it depends on what kind of adult you are. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> But still, you know what I mean? Like, The Mandalorian is kid-friendly, but it would appeal, you know what I mean, to 
you know, somebody older than 18. Right, right. Yeah. And that's no, that's that. what I'm getting at. Most of this stuff is for my kids and, you know, my kids have moved on. They got other things going on. I don't let my kids move on. <laughs> hey kids. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>